Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode 115. Greetings everyone and here I am four weeks into my return home to Malawi by the time this episode launches and in this week's episode I'm getting into my work routine now. So this week I'm going to give you a little insight into how my business looks in Malawi but before then I want to let you know that I have many exciting things happening as my side hustles take on a new lease of life in Malawi and I want you to see that. So for now at least, the podcast episodes are going to be released every two weeks instead of every week. This extra time will allow me to bring you more visual content on my YouTube channel so that you can see what I see. There is so much I would like to show you about life in Malawi and to do that I need to make space to bring you more visual content which I hope you will enjoy. Then when I return to the UK to visit you all you'll see the podcasts go back to weekly broadcasts. I hope that will be okay and I sincerely hope this won't affect your enjoyment of the podcast. So as we move, as you know, I run several side hustles that focus on travelling and living in African countries, on life and career coaching, on side hustle startups and on employment rights and it is the fact that my side hustles are all internet based which gives me the opportunity to live my best life living in Malawi and being able to support myself so that I don't have to come running back to the UK to look for work to pay my bills. If you've been with this podcast from its inception on the 11th of April 2019, you'll know that a big part of my focus is on sharing exactly what it is I have done to free myself from my plantation job, that nine to five millstone that I used to have around my neck, so that I could navigate myself into a position where I could go anywhere in the world and not have to rush back to go to work on a Monday, some two or three or four weeks after getting away from the office. I was sick of doing that. And if you're a follower of the podcast, you will have listened step by step to the processes that I used to get free. You'll also know that a big part of that plan has been to use my skills knowledge, experience, hobbies or interests to create side hustles that I am passionate about and I tried to link those side hustles to things that I was already doing. Now in my day job I spent over 20 years working in child protection 
And I also did the same amount of time in employment tribunals. And I also spent years as a business coach. And so when I was creating my side hustles, I looked at all the things I was doing. And as much as I loved child protection, this was not something I wanted to do as a side hustle, mainly because for me to do this work, I have to spend most of my time in the UK and this was not something I wanted to do. When I left the UK, I wanted to leave for large chunks of time. And if you work in frontline services, you literally have to be on the front line to earn that good money as a consultant. And I wasn't prepared to do that. So child protection was out. This left me with coaching, business and employment rights as potential side hustles I could start all three of which I'm extremely passionate about. And because I was so passionate about them, I started side hustles in all these areas, all linked to two key things, employment rights and business side hustling. Now, one of the key things that I had to do before I left the UK was to make sure that my businesses could run entirely online. And at the time when I first started to make those changes in preparation for leaving the UK, my employment rights business was a brick and mortar business. That means that people would come into an office, they would meet with me, we would do the work, they would go and then we would rinse and repeat that process. And so in preparation for moving, I had to make the decision to totally transfer my employment rights business to a 100% online business. And this was the best decision I could have made because immediately I was in a position where I could work with anyone anywhere in the world. And then the other aspects of my side hustle, which is the business startup and coaching, those were already working as online businesses. So I didn't have to do any tweaking there. So for you, if you're thinking of starting a side hustle and also thinking about where you might want to live, if you can make your side hustle an internet-based side hustle, it's better to set up your side hustle in this way from the start because that way you face any hurdles you might encounter. <laughs> well, you face them head on and you face them early in your setup process. So that by the time you are ready to move to that hot country of your dreams, you've already had lots of practice at running your side hustle from your laptop. And you're in a position when you move, even if it's just for a holiday, you're in that position to get straight down to work. So when I left for Malawi, I took with me a webcam, a microphone, a 15 inch portable computer screen, a keyboard and mouse, my trusted laptop, and finally, my portable Canon printer. With those six pieces of equipment, I can run my business entirely from Malawi and work with people online in a way that people would never know that I'm not in the UK. You see, when people are working with you via your side hustle, 
All people want to know is that you can help them to solve the problem they have, especially when that problem has become too big for them to carry alone. And as long as you can get right down to problem solving, people are not trying to work out where you are in the world. Instead, they're trying to connect with you in a meaningful way so that you can help them. And for that, you no longer need to be sat in the same room as them for the person working with you to feel that your help is effective. So the sooner you can transfer your side hustle online, then the more prepared you are to be able to pick up your business, close the lid on your laptop and take your business with you wherever you are going. One thing that I did have to do when I got to Malawi was to create a backdrop for my back screen. I had forgotten that the back wall behind my desk was a really funny yellow colour which didn't look good on camera and made me look like a banana. We rent the house we live in in Malawi and the wall colour was there when I came. But as a wall colour it looks okay but it doesn't look okay as a professional backdrop. So that had to go. And now I've replaced it with a Kente backdrop, which looks much, much better and is actually in keeping with being in an African country. So if you're one of my students attending coaching with me online, you'll get to see that backdrop and you can tell me what you think. So I've got all my equipment set up And it's all set up on a huge desk that I work on. But then, after set up, I hit a problem. The electricity current in Malawi can run high and low intermittently. And I found that this is the case in every African country and Caribbean country that I've visited. So in the case of Malawi, I sometimes have trouble uploading large data files like podcast files because there just isn't enough electricity to power the equipment that completes the upload. And when this happens, it can take up to two hours to upload a 20 minute file. It can be so annoying, especially when I'm working late and I want to go to bed and sleep. But then I have to wait to finalise the upload and complete the actions. Despite this though, I still see this as a minor issue and a small price to pay for being able to do my work and wake up to 25 degrees most mornings. Now, one of the things you might not have thought about when visiting, long-staying or living in an African country and carrying your work with you. And that's the need to maintain your UK mobile phone line. One piece of advice I would give you is that if you are considering making that move to a hot country of your dreams, it's important to add to your plans the need to transfer your mobile phone from contract to pay as you go. So why is this important? It's important because once you have a PAYG arrangement for your mobile, PAYG meaning pay as you go, you can switch your mobile line on and off when you need to. But more importantly, you will be surprised at the number of UK companies who insist 
on two and three step verification for clearing some pieces of your work or clearing financial transactions or giving you access to your own information or even doing basic things like logging into your online service accounts. So what tends to happen is that as part of the second or third verification step, you'll be sent a code to your UK mobile number, which you're then expected to enter into your handset. So what tends to happen is that as part of the second or third verification step, you'll be sent a code to your UK mobile number, which you're then expected to enter into your handset to pass the verification stage. But me in Malawi, I have local SIM cards in my phones. And what happens is that a website says it will send me a verification code. But of course, I can't see that code until I take out the local SIM card from my phone, enter my UK SIM card, and then wait for the code to come through, hope that it hasn't timed out, and then enter that code into my handset to get access to the information I need. It's a right pain, but it's absolutely crucial if you're running internet-based businesses. So the key here is to be sure you have access to your UK mobile line, because without it, you might not be able to validate your identity to give you access to all of your online information. Now, the equipment that I brought with me has standard use. But the piece of equipment that has become one of the most crucial is my trusted portable printer. You will be surprised how many companies you work with online who still like to send you online forms that they expect you to print off, complete, and then email back to them in 2021. It's so annoying. What I've taken to doing now is first trying to convert the stupid PDF document into a Word document that I can complete on my laptop and then email to the company. If this works, then it's all good. But if this doesn't work, then you have to download the stupid form, print it off, fill it in, take a picture of it and then email that picture back to the company. It's long. And before I can even do that, I have to buy a ream of printing paper from the stationery shop. And here is where I get stung, because paper in Malawi is one of the most expensive things you can buy. One ream of paper in the UK can be bought for as little as $2.99 from a supermarket and $1.99 if you buy in bulk. But in Malawi, I will pay as much as £7 for the same £2.99 cheap paper. It's gut-wrenching. Malawi is not known for producing white printing paper, and so this has to be imported from South Africa. And for that, we pay a huge cost to print out one sheet of stupid paper to get that form to fill it in and send it back. And that's after ensuring that I've travelled to Malawi with enough printer ink to print off the stupid thing. If you're visiting with a view to long staying, have a look around and check where you can get photocopies. Because if you can get photocopies, then you're good. 
If not, then start to plan what equipment you're going to need to bring with you so that when you hit your country, you can get straight down to work after you've acclimatised. So having sorted out these basics, I then move on to software to help me progress my work. And the software I most rely on is Microsoft Teams and Zoom, both of which do a really good job of allowing me to meet with people online. I also use Microsoft Office to create most of my online documents and most of my content. And I subscribe to a number of online platforms that help me to host my content so you can find it. So overall, I rate my ability to work in Malawi at about an 8 out of 10. For things to be a 10, I would like a better service around the electricity current and a lowering of the cost of big data internet. I would also love an international SIM card to prevent me from having to play musical SIM cards with my phone. I would get rid of the need to print stupid online forms. And lastly, in an ode to last week's episode, I would make everywhere like Malawi and get rid of time travelling because of stupid clocks going backwards and forwards, which can cause chaos when you're trying to work with people on different sides of the world. And that's me and my work. And I can say that all the equipment and services I've touched on here have been used to create the last four or five podcast episodes, which I hope you will agree sound as if they could have been made in the UK. And if you think that, then that's the greatest compliment you can pay an African country like Malawi, which is supposed to be the sixth poorest country in the world. It sends a really strong message to our insecurities about whether things can work anywhere else but in the West. I'm here to tell you that they can, And I'm here to tell you that what works better in an African country or a hot country of your dreams is you. I work better than when I'm in the UK because everything here just makes me feel better. And when I feel better, I'm much more motivated to crack on and do what I need to do. So when we can narrow the divide between content or products that we produce in the UK and the same things that we can produce in an African country, then that's the greatest compliment we can pay to that African country. Because for me, knowing that the key things I need to do to push on with my side hustles, that those things can be done in Malawi and in all of the African countries that I visited really, for me, it sends that really strong message and it fills me with that sense of adventure. For you, if you're thinking of visiting or long staying in a hot country of your choice, then plan ahead for what you need in terms of your equipment, your phone line, your software and your paper. 
These are things that you should think about in advance. And if you've got time, start to purchase what you need and then just put it down so that you've got it. Plan ahead and then pack your suitcase and hand luggage with all of your side hustle stuff. I'm loving the content creation process and I'm loving the freedom of having the whole day to do my own thing. None of this counting down days in my head. Oh, I'm here for four weeks. I've only got 36 days left. Oh, I've only got 28 days left. Oh my gosh, the time is flying. I've been here two weeks already and I've only got two weeks left. Oh no, I've got 10 days. And this constant countdown that we do as the day of doom looms ever nearer when we know we have to get back on that plane, fly back to our Western country and then go back to work and act as if we were never ever away. I'm loving the freedom of not having to do that and I don't intend to ever have to do that again. To me, this is a luxury because I've been in that position of being pinned down by that day job. For that, I've done my time and I don't intend to miss it. And I want that for you. But you have to want it for yourself. If something in this week's episode is able to inspire you to think about starting your own side hustle as a way of earning money to get you out of your day job, you can contact me via my social media pages to link in with some of the really great stuff I'll be doing to extend a helping hand to you so that you can build your dreams and get out so that you too can live your best life. Until the next episode, you've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha and for today, I am out.